Turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Let me switch over here. I guess we've done that. Mark chapter 10. And tonight I would like us to have a little different kind of of sermon here. Hopefully uh, you will be able to enjoy this. But uh, tonight we're just going to simply ask the question, what the blind man saw. And uh, the story starts in Mark chapter 10. Verse 46, and it says, As they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now this is one of those special stories in the Bible that uh, preachers just love to spend time on and we've Spent many, uh, I've preached many different sermons out of this uh, passage here. One was on casting away his garment. In fact, Julia even wrote a song uh, about that that uh, has been sung here several times. But tonight, what I like us to just spend a little bit of time on is Jesus in verse 52 tells him to go thy way. He says, you can now go about your life because I have healed you. I have received, uh, given you sight. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. And I love the blind man's response. And immediately he received his sight. And the Bible says, and followed Jesus in the way. So here we have the picture Jesus is coming through Jericho. Now, if you remember what happened in Jericho, there's a little man named Zacchaeus that climbed up in the sycamore tree. And uh, Jesus uh, went to his house and ate. And, of course, while Jesus is eating in the house, we have this multitude of people following in the way. Jericho really was the last stop uh, the traditional path to Jerusalem for Passover would be coming down around the bottom of of the Sea of Galilee and crossing the Jordan River and then coming down on the east side of the Jordan River. The reason they did that was so that they would not have to deal with the Samaritans. And they then they would cross the Jordan River again there at Jericho into the city of Jericho, and then there was a last 
several miles there as they would travel from Jericho to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. And so not only was Jesus traveling with his disciples, but Jews from all over the world and all over the state of, of Israel there coming. All of those that were coming for Galilee were coming down. And, and so all of these travelers were meeting at Jericho. And as Jesus is going out of Jericho, we have a most interesting man. I love to note that his name was Bartimaeus. And uh, Bartimaeus uh, sounds like, well, uh, that's a pretty interesting name. But if you understand the Hebrew, Bar means son of. So it is Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, it tells us here. Uh, He didn't have a name. He was only known as the son of Timaeus. That was his name. Uh, Isn't that kind of sad? Uh, In this day and time, people who were handicapped, people who had difficulties like this, were not really included in society. His only way of living was to beg was to ask people to give. And, of course, the Bible was very clear in the law that if you did not have what you needed that uh, and you were handicapped in this way, that you were supposed to ask and that other people were supposed to give, were supposed to support. God had uh, developed what we might call social services based on the goodness of the hearts of the people of Israel. And uh, even to this day, one of the things that marks the Jewish people as a, as a people is their philanthropy. I mean, their giving and all of this. And it, it was built into the law. And, and so people like Bartimaeus, as he sat there, knowing what time of year it was, was expecting uh, to get extra and to be provided for But as soon as he heard it was Jesus, he began to make uh, noise. Now, you have to remember, there were thousands of people here. Have you ever tried to meet someone in a crowded subway station? And uh, you, hey, hey, and everybody looks at you like you're crazy, and you're trying to call your friend over there, and, and you get a hold of everybody but the person you're trying to get a hold of is the way that usually works. And so Bartimaeus here, who did not even have a name, he was just known as the son of Timaeus, begins to cry out exceeding loud, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, uh, the proper people in the crowd, the people who were just enjoying the trip to Jerusalem, were saying, stop making such a noise. And uh, he yelled louder. And finally, Jesus stopped. And not only did Jesus have to stop, but the entire multitude of people traveling this road had to stop as they were leaving Jericho, heading to Jerusalem. And finally, the blind man is guided by those in the crowd to Jesus. And Jesus asked him a question, what do you want? What, what would you request? And, of course, the request is that I might receive my sight. And Jesus then tells him, he says, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. 
and he follows Jesus. You see, the blind man no longer had his own way. He was going to follow Jesus. Now, isn't that what happens when we get saved? We, we lose our way and we follow Jesus. And uh, I want you to turn with me to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 21. We'll pick up the narrative there. Uh, as they leave Jericho and they work their way up to the city of Jerusalem. Verse 1, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if we were to take time to read the rest of the passage, this was to be fulfilled in the prophecy. Jesus sat on the back of the mother donkey, put his feet on the back of the baby donkey. They threw their coats over the two donkeys. And if you know anything about donkeys, uh, they are stubborn, they're disobedient, they do not do what you tell them to do oftentimes. Uh, the reason donkeys were used in uh, the uh, for travel in the Old Testament was because on these mountain paths and roads that they were traveling on, horses uh, would often falter and uh, stumble, but the donkeys were sure-footed little beasts, and uh, they would travel much more slowly than a horse, of course, but much more safely and much more surely. Also, if you go back into the book of Judges and through the New Testament, uh, the king and the rulers would ride a white donkey and everyone would know that this person was the judge or the ruler when he came into town. Of course, with all the coats piled on, I don't know if anybody could tell what color the donkeys were or not at this story, but imagine being the blind man. Here you've been all your life. Your only name, your only notification to the world at large was that your father's name was Timaeus. And he's standing there watching pile these coats on and then he watches the people as they begin to sing praises to Jesus. And what was the praise that the people sang? Hosanna to the son of David. Now what was the blind man's plea? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, every once in a while, uh, we will find out in our walk with the Lord, in our service for the Lord, that we got something right. And here the blind man has the cries of the entire crowd as they scream and, and cry out uh, uh, loudly and Give praise, Hosanna, to the Son of David. Uh, blessed uh, is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we get down to verse 10. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude, the blind man among them, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And so as they were 
the multitude, and Jesus rode the donkey through that eastern gate of the city of Jerusalem. He fulfilled the prophecy. This was the end of Daniel's 69th week. Uh, everything was fulfilled, and uh, it is amazing that today that eastern gate, uh, the uh, uh, I believe it was the uh, Islamic ruler of, of centuries later, they planted a cemetery there, uh, knowing that the king of Israel would never walk through a cemetery, and, uh, and their idea was that they would seal this gate forever and that the Jewish people would never rise. The only problem was they were several centuries late. He'd already been through. Amen. And what I'd like you to just think about tonight is that the blind man, his first major event that he saw was the praise and the worship and the glorification of Jesus as he fulfilled the prophecies and entered into Jerusalem. But then something else happened. Let's look at verse 12 here. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now, as a blind man, he was not allowed to participate in the regular temple sacrifices and all of these things. Uh, as a young man, his father would have taken the sacrifices for him. Uh, as a blind man, he, he would have just been able to get into this first court if he had ever been there at all. We don't know. But can you think of the anticipation that the blind man had knowing that it was Passover? This would be the first Passover that he would be able to stand in line with the others and not have to just eat the meal at the house. Uh, afterwards, he would be able to take his own sacrifice. He'd be able to participate. And what does he see Jesus doing? Driving out the money changers, the people that sold the sacrifices, and, and cleansing the temple. And hearing Jesus call these men thieves and how that they had changed and perverted the true worship of God. And I imagine that that would have created some conflict in his mind trying to figure out all of these things he had anticipated and waited for his whole life. And now his first time to go into the temple proper. Look at verse 14. As soon as Jesus cast out all of those that sold the sacrifices and the money changers, it says, and the blind and lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now, I'll tell you, as a blind man, he would have had a special affinity for other people with disabilities, would he not? knowing the things that they suffered and the difficulties of their life and watching not just one as he was or two at a time, but 
Uh, we do not know the number of people that were finally able to enter into this part of the temple. And the Bible tells us that Jesus healed them. Every one of them went out. Can you imagine the wonder? It was King Herod during Jesus' trial later in this week. It said he had hoped to see some miracle done by Jesus. You know what he saw? Nothing. Jesus would not even give Herod the dignity of answering a question. He just stood before him silent. You see, Herod had already had his testimony. He had had John the Baptist, and what he did was he put him in prison and eventually beheaded him. And so the blind man got to be part of the procession into the city of Jerusalem. He got to see the removal of all the obstacles that would keep the blind and the lame and others from that. They were allowed in that part of the temple there. And now they come in and every one of them is going to be able to celebrate the Passover just as any other person. But then he's going to see something else in verse uh, 15. It says, and when the chief priest and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And he, Jesus, and and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea. Have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. Now, the blind man was beginning to understand some things that, for all practical purposes, he would have never had to understand up to this point. He, he was a blind man. His main concern was getting enough food to get into the next day. That, that was his living. And if people were good to him, he would have a good warm meal. He would enjoy himself. If people uh, were, uh, there weren't many people to give or there wasn't much uh, giving going on, it would be a cold and lonely night for him. He is walking with the people for the first time in his life. And he finds out the whole world is sharing in his praise and his understanding of who Jesus is. But then he sees Jesus going into the temple and throwing out those that sold the sacrifices and the money changers and all of that. And Then he sees the blind and the lame coming in and every one of them getting healed by Jesus just as he had been. And as the praise of Jesus is growing to uh, a point to where the city is ringing, he sees those people that he's been taught about all his life. The leaders, the chief priests, the Pharisees, the people he had no contact with except uh, when they would toss a coin his way. And he sees them condemning Jesus for receiving worship. Don't you think that would have created quite a conflict in his mind? 
These were supposed to be the people who were leading the nation of Israel. These were the people, even though he had never seen them, he was taught to respect them. And more than likely, uh, especially if there was some display to be made, uh, they would have been the most generous givers to the blind man. In fact, some of these, as they would have traveled through Jericho, may have uh, tossed a coin his way, or uh, as the Bible tells us, they were especially careful to make sure that if some display could be made where people would watch, and now he sees them trying to correct and to argue with Jesus. And, and later in one of the other passages, we have uh, Jesus telling them, that if these would hold their peace, even the stones would immediately cry out praise to God. But that wasn't all that he was going to see that week. As he would stand there in the temple waiting for the Passover to come, Jesus would spend the next several days teaching in the temple. And what's he going to see repeatedly happening? As Jesus is teaching, up come the Pharisees. And they ask him a question. And up come the scribes, and they ask him a question. All of these people trying to discredit Jesus in front of the multitudes. Wow, almost sounds like American politics, doesn't it? Uh, just and not that we're comparing anything here, but uh, when someone is trying to do right, you're going to have the devil's people just lined up, trying to discredit them and make them look bad every every time. And uh, if you try to do right in your life, you're going to find the same thing happening, aren't you? Uh, and so as Jesus was standing there, he would see the arguments and he would see Jesus answer them every time. We don't know if he was there when the widow cast in her mites and Jesus said that she had given more than they all. But uh, I don't think we're stretching to, to say that the blind man, he just simply followed Jesus. He wanted to see and understand about Jesus. And so then we'll come to the feast day and Jesus is arrested and he's crucified. Now here's the blind man. As far as events and things that are going on in Israel culture and all the society and all of that, blind man has never participated up to this point. He's never allowed to. No one cared. They didn't even care to make note of his name. The only thing that the people knew about him, oh, that's Timaeus' son. That's Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is simply what that means. And now he's watching as Jesus is crucified. He did not have the benefit of all the teaching and all the preparation that Jesus had given the disciples. And I want you to stop and think, what good really did all of that teaching and preparation do the disciples the night Jesus was betrayed? With the exception of Peter and John, they all ran and hid and uh, were afraid and, and had nothing to do and and only John went with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. Peter stood out and denied that he even knew the Lord three times. 
And so, can you imagine the confusion in the mind of poor Bartimaeus? As he's trying to understand. He's rejoicing with the people as Jesus rides the donkey in on Sunday morning. He sees the temple cleansed. Jesus would teach in the temple on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday would be the feast day. Jesus would be arrested. Thursday is the day of the crucifixion. And I am sure that poor Bartimaeus was just among those that could not comprehend how that on Sunday the crowd had praised him and sang Hosanna to the highest. And on Thursday, they said, I mean, Wednesday, they said crucify him. Thursday, excuse me. But then the following Sunday morning was resurrection. Now, we have no evidence that this blind man, Bartimaeus, was there. In fact, quite to the contrary, he was probably just among the thousands of nameless people that were scattered about the city of Jerusalem after the feast, trying to figure out what in the world was going on. But 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 6 says, After that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Now, there were 500 people that saw Jesus, and the Bible tells us that Bartimaeus followed Jesus in the way. I don't think I'm stretching too far to say that Bartimaeus was one of those 500. Uh, that he had seen the resurrected Christ. We never actually hear of him in the pages of history. But tonight, I just want you to stop and think. Here's a blind man. He has only one thing he's trying to do. Live another day. He's just trying to get through the next day. He has heard about Jesus. He has heard what Jesus has done. And when he hears by the whisperings in the crowd that Jesus of Nazareth has just passed through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, he begins to put up such a fuss that Jesus himself stops and calls this man to him. I'll tell you one thing that Jesus always recognizes. God always answers faith. He doesn't answer wishful thinking. He doesn't answer uh, self-attainment uh, or, or uh, uh, self-achievement or any of those things. But God always recognizes faith. And he called this man out. And this man was told to go his way. And he said, my way is no longer important. Now that I can see, now that I have a whole life, now that I'm able to participate... I'm going to follow Jesus. And as they got to Jerusalem, he found out that the whole world agreed with him. That was pretty gratifying, I'm sure. He's going, and I imagine as they were walking through the crowd, they were, many of the people in the crowd were told were asking to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had risen from the dead. And can't you just see Bartimaeus? He says, listen. Jesus just gave me sight. Yesterday, I was blind, but now I can see. And he was participating in this whole thing. And 
Then he saw Jesus cleanse the temple. This was, in his mind, as a Jewish man, was the highest attainment, was to be able to enter the temple and participate in the worship. And we have Jesus literally running people and animals out of the court of the temple. And he's sitting there going, what is this? And all of a sudden, the blind and the lame, others who were just like Bartimaeus was the day before, were allowed to get into that part of the temple because they weren't crowded out. And Jesus healed them, and now they would be allowed into the temple proper, just as his hopes were. And just as he got close enough to see and hear what was going on, he found the chief priest, those that were in charge of the temple, who led in the worship, who actually offered the sacrifices upon the altar in the temple of Jerusalem, arguing and condemning Jesus so that they would be, their position and their place would not be in jeopardy. And as the days wore on, he saw this continued arguing. Then he saw Jesus crucified. I couldn't imagine how crushing a blow that would have been. The man that had healed him, that had been praised as the son of David, the Messiah of the Jewish people, put to death. But then there was the resurrection and the promise of his return. And I can guarantee this, the blind man was there on the day of Pentecost. And the blind man served in the church of Jesus Christ, though we hear not his name written in history. And tonight, what I would like for us to do is just take this little time that we've been together and think about what the blind man saw and just remember what a privilege it is to have the whole story of Jesus in our hands. To be able to see and understand who He is. The, to understand the finished work of Christ and to realize the promise of His return. And as we wait for Jesus to come tonight, I would just like to challenge you with this. Not to go in your way or to live your life, but to follow Jesus just as the blind man did. Just to follow Him each and every day. To realize that, yes, the Lord wants us to go to work. The Lord wants us to take care of these things. And we have children to raise and we have duties to fulfill. And uh, we all have many things that... Uh, attend and tax our schedule and keep us uh, very, very busy. But if we could, just through this week, stop and think. The blind man had no life except to sit by the roadside and beg. Then he got a life. He got. He had total freedom to participate in all of the things that he had only dreamed about all his life to that point. Only to see Jesus crucified, but risen again. And to serve him 
as one of those many, many, many unknown saints until the Lord took him home. And then someone said, I, I want to meet Bartimaeus. I want to know what his real name is. I, uh, those are just things that are curious there. But the Bible tells us we'll know as we are known. And so I don't think we'll have to ask as many questions as we think when we get to heaven. But I'll tell you this thing. His story is going to be told around the throne. And we are going to rejoice in what God did in the eyes of the blind man. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And Lord, just a simple journey through the Scriptures, trying to think about and even gain just a little bit of the uh, emotions and the thought processes of this man who had lived his entire life blind until Jesus gave him sight. And then in just those next few days to watch him go through the eastern gate of the city of Jerusalem to... um, argue and to heal all of those that to argue with the chief priest to do the healing of the blind and lame in the temple than to be crucified, yet, Lord, to rise again. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for who Jesus is. And, Lord, we ask that you would encourage us to see and understand and to live for him through this coming week. We'll take just a moment if you'd like to pray there at your seat or even come forward. The altar's open and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.